Welcome to Food and Loathing, your weekly glimpse into one of the most exciting restaurant and bar scenes in America in hot and sunny Las Vegas, Nevada, a city that, for one week a year at least, also serves as the center of the pizza universe. I'm Al Mancini, joined by Jason Harris and producer Rich Johnson with our inaugural, because I hate when people say first annual, (laughs) so this is our inaugural Pizza Expo episode, and maybe if we do it again next year, this will have become our first annual. All right, I love Pizza Expo, not my inaugural time going, but it is our first time doing the podcast at the pre-Pizza Expo kickoff party. We're here at Good Pie on Main Street in the Arts District, and it is going to be a real shindig to Night, Al. This is the pizza center of the universe in the Arts District. Las Vegas has a few pizza centers, but um, I think every walking neighborhood needs a place that you go for a slice, right? Whether you're in New York, San Francisco, we can all name our where I got it in the East Village or where, you know, whatever. And if you are in the Arts District of Las Vegas, Nevada, you come to Good Pie for a slice. I it's think so. new and it's hot and it's excellent. And you got all the different types. You got a New York, you got the grandma, you got the Detroit, and, and the unofficial mayor of the Arts District, Mr. Vincent Rotolo. Running this uh, tonight, this great event for Slice Out Hunger. It's all charity-driven. Everyone's going to eat some great pies and give back to a good cause. We're really thrilled to be here. And I want to show out, I want to send out, shout out's what I was trying to go for there. Shout out a little cocktail love to Cheyenne, who made our cocktails for the evening. Rich, you have already consumed your For the Heart, which was made with hot honey cordial, red pepper shrub, lemon juice, and good old-fashioned rum. How was that, my friend? Good. <laughs> okay, you can get that here anytime at Good Pie. I'm doing a Negroni, you know. I know you're kind of a hardcore Negroni fan, Jason, because you know you're Tony Abuganum acolyte, and he makes a mean Negroni. You want to try this one? I do want to try that. Also, we should mention Tony invented the cable car. <laughs> I think he invented everything Not when you listen to our show. That's true. That's true. Al, we're gonna go so deep onto pizza this week. It's gonna be we're gonna be covered in dough and sauce and cheese. But we did. We did some other great things this week, too. We got to talk about uh, at least one restaurant that we both got to. I was so happy that it reopened Valencian Gold on tucked away in Rainbow and Windmill in the Smiths complex, Je- uh, complex. Jeffrey Weiss, who you got a nice quote from last week. He's reopened. He's up the tapas game in town, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I had a great time. You actually, um, you got to see him with that flamethrower. Did you get a photo of him finishing off the paella with his flamethrower? Because I felt like I was watching a video game or some shit. Like, he just leveled up. Right. He leveled up the paella game by getting a flamethrower. Yeah, he's got this open pit, right, which is, he's got the wood cooking, and then he's got the metal, uh, you know, uh, pans, which I'm forgetting the name. There's special names for paella pans. Paella pans. Paella pans, I Yeah, them. I believe that's what it's called. <laughs> there is purchased a couple. Him, so. um, and, you know, he's getting the sucrat on there, that crunchy bottom, by shooting these last action hero style Schwarzenegger, literal like action hero uh, flamethrowers into it where he yells fuego and the whole restaurant yells fuego and then he just lights that sucker on fire. Yeah, and we were there for media preview night so everything wasn't quite dialed in. I'll be honest and this is like, a I feel bad saying it the paellas that I had on media night were probably my least favorite dishes of the night but that's not because they were bad paellas, they were because they wouldn't have been the ones I would have normally ordered this time of year various ingredients etc. They were still 
still crushing it. I mean, you know, Jeff Jeff knows his paella. He's he's studied under the best people in Spain. But I had so many other dishes that I thought were fantastic. Um, something called pan a la chete, which is a Spanish Spanish focaccia bread. I love this revolucanas al señor robuchan, right? Ooh. And I knew it when they set these potatoes in front of me that they must be the thing with robuchan in their name because they were just these creamy, crazy mashed potatoes um, and they were done in a tribute to Mr. Robichon. The croquettas were as good as anything I've had at Haleo. Their bar fries with oxtail was great, but my absolute favorite dishes of the night, New York tortilla, which I had never had before. That was amazing. Did you have that? No, the we got the potatoes and the, the cheese and this is like a tortilla española. Is that what it sounds like? This is yeah. we all got different menus, so this was kind of cool. You oh. picked a card and everyone got a different menu, and that's what he cooked for you. But this is exciting because now I'm going to go back and try your favorite dishes. Yeah, and also the bullfighter steak. I got to say, I think it was thirteen dollars on the menu on the wall. And um, you know, I'm not a big beef eater, but uh, you know, my wife always wants a steak when we go out. And for a Spanish style steak, this one crushed it. It's a killer dish. I could not believe it was only thirteen dollars on the table. Thought, made with actual bullfighters? Yes, real bullfighters. Al, I thought the <laughs> entire menu, which is displayed quite nicely on the wall, like, I couldn't believe how cheap he's selling these things for, you know? Like, these are really, really fair prices. You're getting uh, your, your dollar's worth, and uh, you're going to fill up on, you know, stuff. We had gazpacho, and we poured it over those oxtail fries. That was a yeah. pretty Ooh. cool move on our part. That was that was a baller move, man. I like that. Yeah, that was uh, Jenny Sue, our friend over at Evergreen. That was her suggestion. Well, you uh, know what was interesting is my... My wife started saying, because she had just been to EDO, which is another fantastic I love it. Spanish restaurant. And we were talking about the difference, because a lot of the same dishes were here. But the, the big difference with this, between this and EDO, is this seems like more of a place that you would go for casual drinking and eating at the bar and loud, boisterous parties, as opposed to EDO, where you could go on a date or for a nice you know, night. Yeah. Also, I think you made a good point on both of those places. You really don't need a paella at either one. Not that I'm telling you not to get them, because they're good obviously but uh there's so many cool tapas did you have those fried cheese balls with honey oh my goodness yeah a little truffle on them yeah, as well which delicious is pretty awesome so we're excited congrats chef jeff yes and Green. um i've had a, another couple things i got to try a new brunch spot called neighbors on fort apache i would just tell people give them a shot they're over by russell road they've got god-awful construction in front of them so they deserve <laughs> somebody going and giving them some love uh, you can check out the photos of that on the um the food and loathing instagram page which is Food and Loathing Pod on Instagram. I had my pictures up already. Nice. Look at that. He's dropping the socials yeah. right now. So we might as well say you can search for Food and Loathing on Facebook. And if you want to email it, it's info at foodandloathing.vegas. And on Twitter, Rich, why don't you take that one? I forgot. All right. Good try. <laughs> oh, Vincent's coming in. Vincent, my brother. How are you? The I'm man great. behind Good Pie. We're just saying, this is the neighborhood pizza spot. If you come to the arts district, you've got to get a slice. I'm, I'm really trying to be the neighborhood pizza spot. I, I live in the neighborhood and and, and uh, you know the dream was to um, have a community based meeting uh, gathering place that that served pizza and that that had all the things that uh, that I wished the pizzeria that I grew up in had and, I, and that's just what we're trying to do tell us what we got here Vince yo we're serving the good hot um, it's a play on heat my mouth's already on fire like I'm, I need water now or negroni. yeah, yeah we, we we got some some sweet heat some acidic heat uh, there's a lot of fat with heat, and then it's finished with the Mike's Hot Honey, the sweet heat. So it's every kind of flavor profile on the wheel, but it's balanced with a different layer of, of, of 
of, uh, of heat, so it's a good hop. Vincent, <laughs> you just gave a, a nice little speech up there to start this thing off, and I just if you could explain to people what tonight's party is, who the Vegas Pizza Alliance is, and then some of these great pizza talent from around the country that are here. Give people the 30-second clip on what they're We're, missing by not being here tonight. Uh, it's a who's who of the pizza community uh, globally that are all in town in Las Vegas for the uh, the Pizza Expo. Uh, because of COVID last year, the, the the first time in the history of the event, the Expo was canceled. And, uh, and I think everyone, um, you know, when you have an annual event in your city, you can sometimes take it for granted. And then you're missing it and missing all of the pizza programming throughout the entire year. We're now, uh, we're now really able to appreciate more what what the pizza community around the country, around the world means to the local community of Las Vegas. I mean, just looking around right there, you have Timmy Tim, he's, he's the, the Canadian champion and he's the best pizza maker in Canada. He's here at Good Pie tonight. You got Arto Bovino who's one of the most, you know, critically acclaimed pizza historians like in the building now, Scott Wiener and his whole crew. Uh, Mia Marcos from Texas just walked in the building. The guys from California are here, uh, Midwest. New York, Nino Coniglio's here. Everybody around the country, uh, is all, they're all here at Good Pie, and we're celebrating the local local pizza alliance. And, of course, our great pizza makers here in Las Vegas, you got a who's who right now. Well, it's it's really the core members. Uh, Michael Vacnine, Papa Pizza at the Plaza, he really uh, was the first guy who, who brought high-quality artisan pizza to downtown Las Vegas. Um, John Arena, of course, is the godfather and the founder of, of the alliance, and kind of we all follow his lead toward you know collaboration and, 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 and brotherhood and community. And then, you know, we, we just have uh, such a great network of diversity that we, that celebrates each other. Gio Moro uh, from Monzu and, and Old School Pizzeria, who's one of the best pizza makers in town. And I think he's the best kept secret. I'm, I'm glad he finally won best pizza this year because he's very deserving. And yeah. Mimo Ferraro of, you know, Ferraro's and Pizza Forte and I can't say enough about the family and what they mean to our, our culture here. So Yeah, Ferraro's being one of the great classic old Vegas Italian Incredible. joints. That's his family and you know, they, that's still where I go for Osobuco, man. I mean having all of those pizza makers here in the building, uh, it's it's phenomenal. Everybody here together working. We got Justin Ford that came from Yukon Pizza. He's here just lending a hand and just being a part of the festivities. So um, I just saw Arena Sicilian in the oven and I just want to stop working and just go eat that thing. Well, this is a delicious grandma slice. I want to tell everyone about one of the craziest dishes I've had this year, courtesy of you, a Detroit pizza stuffed with chicken parmesan. When did you get into my mind and inception me, sir? That was one of the last stories <laughs> Crazy, I right? to sell to the RJ. I didn't get to write about it, but that is an insane item. It's blowing up. It's uh, It was a mistake. We were, we were R&Ding a sandwich, um, and it turned into a pizza uh, accidentally, and... People love it, and now we're doing another stuffed Detroit pizza with the chicken bacon ranch, and that's that's been uh, really popular. And people want stuffed pizzas; they want proteins in pizzas. And we're using high-quality chicken from Mary's Mary's Chicken. You know, we're uh, we're just making a chicken parm inside of a pizza, uh, basically a sandwich with a pizza on top with a caramelized cheese crown crust. So it's it's delicious. So and come get that on Main Street. 
Vinny, we need to get back to talking about a few things we did this week. Could you do me a favor while we get back? Could you go get Gio's ass over here yeah. and tell him to sit Gio in Gio Morrow needs to come. I got a pie in the oven. I'm literally burning a piece of okay. right now, so I got to so go. we're going to get back. Thanks, thanks, thanks for all brother. this. You Thank too, you so much, and I'm going to make too. sure. You need to get Arena Sicilian over here, but I'm going to get Gio Morrow right now. Now back Our to man the pizza right here place. over at Manzu, Gio Morrow. Yes, man. And old school. Mm. It's not neglect old school, but I want to yeah. say I am particularly impressed with your gentleman's timing because uh, usually uh, people wait too long in the evening and I've had way too many libations so you got me early enough we got you early but you know the good thing about it still makes sense <laughs> we know what you know what you get Gio to do four glasses in though is sing with that beautiful opera voice uh, of his so. cheers <laughs> so, cheers and you know Gio man you I, you, you were just saying sometimes you feel like odd man out in the pizza community here. I don't know why, because you are um, no, one of the no. oldest school pizza guys here in Las Vegas. and So that that's actually a very per, uh, personal statement that I made. I don't mean a, a odd man out in the pizza community. I meant an odd man out as an individual. Okay. Well, you're an odd man. I'll give you that. Yeah, There's nothing I, wrong I with being an odd, odd man. man. I appreciate we that. all are, I think. And as, as I grow older, I understand that that's, that's actually a blessing, not a... Uh, not a hindrance, but um, yeah, what the Pizza Alliance has done is it, it just made me feel like I belong in the world, and especially in Vegas, and it's it's really awesome. Well, I mean, you belong really awesome. so much in Vegas. Your family yeah. goes so far back in this town, but you personally, Manzu was the first place really making the style of pizza that Roman. you make. And could you explain to people the Roman style of pizza that you make there on Manzu, at Manzu? Yeah, so Pizza in Pala Romana is my favorite pizza. I, it is, I think, technically and stylistically, it is just unbelievable. Um, I love the airiness of it. I love the digestibility of it. And I love the balance between dough, sauce, and ingredients. And to me, balance is everything in, in, in life in general. It's philosophical. And, you know, it, it kind of gets overextended sometimes, but I will say it, that my cooking and chef's cooking at the end of the day reflects our lives and our philosophies in life. And I think balance is key to happiness. And pizza's happiness. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, but, I, you know, talking about that balance, Gio, you brought up old school. We got to talk about old school because it is a tucked away secret over there by the cannery. But that, you were doing just amazing New York style pies and uh, just some really cool combinations, fresh ingredients for the longest time. And I hope uh, the secret's out on that. I think it is. Uh, we, we're, we're rocking it up there. And, and I, I don't mean to correct, but I... I, it's the same style dough as I do at Monza, at Old School. And I'm a natural leavening kind of guy, naturalist. I, some people think of me uh, and put me in the same category as flat earthers, <laughs> which is kind of unfortunate. But I, I don't believe in commercial yeast. I believe, right. I believe in everything that happens uh, fermentation-wise should happen at a natural level. And uh, and that's that's what I do. I just I I propagate yeast that is natural in the world, and it takes a long time to ferment, and it takes an, a particular obsession to do, because you have to have immense patience. I mean, where some people can do dough in 12 hours, it takes me five days. 
Yeah. And it takes it, it takes that dedication, that that perseverance to get it done. You stu- am I correct? You studied that yeast and that that flour. You were in Italy doing the deep dive on this for a long time. Absolutely, I yeah. was there for on and off for two years, and understanding. So making all that of- up on the northern side of town, right, which is a very suburban area where old school is. It's not necessarily. It's never been viewed as a foodie hub, but clearly you've struck well, a nerve, and those people love it, and they know the difference, and that's what I think a lot of pizza makers need to realize is that there is a market for quality product everywhere. So here, thank you for that. That's my that's my food philosophy. Okay, taste buds doesn't care about your social status, doesn't care about how much money you make, doesn't care about where you come from, doesn't care about your cultural background. Taste buds are taste buds. It's what we share in humanity. And my thing was, I can make an exceptional product in a place where it isn't seen as a foodie-centric area. And I bet you people are going to appreciate it. Yep. And they did. They did more than anywhere else I've ever ventured in in my career. It's unbelievable up there. And I mean, people are fanatic. They've become my warriors. And how how they speak about the little pizza place and what they say about it, it's unbelievable. You should call them the Moriers, Gio Moro's Moriers. Moriers. But uh, Moria, we're, exci- we're, we're excited to try what you have tonight. We don't want to keep you. We know you got to cook. Uh, please bring us over some slices. And, and will you sing us out for a little bit here? Dimmi che la non muore, e come il sole d'oro non muore mai that made Amazing. it worthwhile. Thank Amazing. you. Hey, could you grab Scott on your way out and send him over? Al, before we get off Valencia Gold, can we talk about those desserts? I didn't stick around for dessert. No. I, I was oh, already man. stuffed. I had 18 dishes before it was dessert time, so okay. I went home. Yeah, he went a little crazy there, but I, you know, for the sake of this podcast, I said, I'm full, but I'll eat dessert because I care about our listeners. You are a trooper. <laughs> He's got an amazing bass cheesecake. He's got this chocolate souffle, and he's got this really interesting kind of berry sundae that's got like a, a you know, a, a water ice, if you will, uh, kind of texture okay. to it. It was really good. Last week, I promised that I was going to tell people a bit more about this yeah. um, this little tea joint that I like, Queen of Hearts, Adam yeah. Henderson, over by the Codfather. So um, I went back over there. I talked to Angela Sweetster. I figured it would be better if people hear from her what it is she's doing over there. So um, we're going to play that for you right now. We offer you a traditional British tea party, but with a Vegas twist. Uh, We have uh, your white rabbit serving you hot tea and bringing you out warm scones, accompanied with jams and cleft creams. Then we bring you out your three-tiered pedestals with your tiny finger sandwiches, your assorted pastries, and your beautiful little cookies on top. We've got an excellent playroom for those of you who are looking for a funky hat to pop on while you're enjoying your tea. We've got this marvelous throne where you can get some royal pictures. Uh, We do have after hours. It gets lit in here. Turn this place into a caterpillar room. Okay, so I did want to get that in for Angela because she's doing a really cool tea room over there in Henderson. I like how she said at the after hours they turn it into a caterpillar room because I'm told that when she first opened that joint up, right, it, she had two two groups of customers, first being the red hat ladies, 
and they love going for a dress-up sure. tea party. That was awesome, and there, there are a ton of them. But then she said, apparently, going into one of my other favorite topics, the cannabis edible people kind of enjoy hanging out for tea parties as well. So I think she may be open to that for um, some after-hour late-night tea parties. This, so I wanted to plant that seed in people's minds. Yeah, we should go. And when you said caterpillars, maybe a few drinks, a few joints in, you turn into a butterfly. It sounds super fun. I want to dress up and play, Al. Uh, Jason, man, we have an entire conversation coming up with um, James Trees and John Arena that we got to get to quickly. But what else do we need to get through while we're doing I this? I went thing? to one place we should plug because it's so good. Please. I love it. Bomb Tacos. You've been to Bomb Tacos before. Love Bomb Tacos. Always been a fan. Rich, you don't have to be a stoner to enjoy Bomb Tacos. They're the bomb, whether you're a stoner <laughs> or not. You got to try his, uh, you know, Diablo shrimp oh. taco. It's amazing. I love if you're vegan, he makes probably some of the best vegan tacos in town. I like Tacotarian down here as well. But uh, Bomb Tacos, they also have white people tacos like Guerra's and everything. <laughs> you got to go check it out, man. Yeah. Rich actually made it over to Allegiant Stadium, and I want to hear the first, um, yeah. first impressions yeah. of food at Allegiant I Stadium. I wish I had here. better impressions of food because I ate in the press box, which is always sort of a minimalist thing. It was a pulled pork thing, some chicken, some pasta, a salad. Uh, I wanted to walk around and see more of the place, but the, the press box was kind of segregated from the rest. I did walk by, though, and see the very pretty neon of evil pie which has a spot in there he sold they sold a thousand slices a thousand in like no slices. time at all yeah i saw that on brandon powers uh, feed that uh, it was uh, just like that and gone and I, I believe there are a few other local places some unique places next time when i actually pay to go to the game i will take laps on the second third and fourth level because the press box is on like the 18th level it is up there in oxygen country uh, but it was a good experience it's a nice place it uh, it's, it's going to be quite a deal for a long time to come. But you I'm glad up. people were back in, are in the stadium. That makes me happy. I don't yeah. see myself going until I'm on a guest list because I don't really know how the football game is played very well. <laughs> I do, and I can't wait to get there, and I would have loved to see the Seahawks play regular season. Here's, here's the, the, the trick to try. Go to a Rebels game. Go to UNLV, where it's going to be maybe 30,000, just the lower bowl. Maybe not as many places open, but you'll be able to get there and it, Go for twenty Yeesh. bucks. Now I got to watch UNLV football. I don't know about that. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Well, doing everything that. has its price. I mean, I, I, I wish them all luck and everything, but you know, the fact that I learned how to follow hockey is the most. Yeah, like this yeah, old, the only new steps. trick this old dog is going to learn when it comes to sports. <laughs> Guys, up next, we're going off to Metro Pizza on Tropicana. We're going to take a deep dive with two of the best pizza makers anywhere. One of whom is here with us tonight, actually. Um, but we caught him a few weeks back at Metro. Jason, anything else before we cut to that segment? I'm excited for. Pizza! We'll be back shortly. This is Food and Loathing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to Food and Loathing. I'm Jason Harris, as always, here with my brother from another mother, Mr. Al Mancini. And today we're talking about one of my favorite things, as you can tell by my belly if you've ever seen it, pizza. I love pizza. I've been writing about pizza in Las Vegas before it was trendy, and now it is super trendy, and I'm happy about that um, because it's not just trendy. Before pizza was trendy. Jason discovered pizza. Before writing about pizza was trendy, uh, Mr. Mancini. I don't think he ate it off a truck in Silver Lake. Like pretty sure I wrote about pizza ago. like on my my second grade. Guess we'll take it again from something. the top there, Rich. Oh no, no, we're rolling, baby. This is We're we're in. Let it me now. explain to you what I meant. Back in the day, pizza was pizza, and that's all it was. Now, pizzaiolos have the reputation as the artists that they are. Okay, and what I was saying is back in the day pizza was just that it was only pizza people weren't involved or interested in the craft or you know the ingredients or at least people who were outside of the pizza bubble and if you don't believe me we can ask the maestro himself mr yoda is back with us john arena and as he has been referred to the hottest chef in las vegas and we're not just talking about looks people we're talking about all the restaurants too mr james trees is back with us Gentlemen, how goes it? But he's not running a fever. (laughs) Exactly. John. Not yet. Would you agree that the reputation of pizza in the city, along with pizza around the world, has kind of heightened over the last few years? Definitely. People are looking at pizza in a different way. But let's go back to what you first said about being a maestro. Because I think the word maestro is way overused. And anybody who claims to be a maestro or self-appointed maestro calls himself a maestro probably isn't um you know i mean i and i think it's wrong to call a a pizzaiolo a chef i think it's insulting it's insulting to chefs who have done you know who have gone through formal training and have this wide wide uh, scope of knowledge and in a way it's insulting to pizzaiolos also we are not chefs we're pizza makers and it's enough to be a pizza maker i think people have to understand you know i think to for for a pizzaiolo to claim to be a chef or to accept recognition as a chef, although there are chefs who are magnificent pizzaiolos, if you're a pizzaiolo, that should be enough for you. I think you're right. Uh, When I call you a maestro, it's just my respect for you as the craftsman that you are. Um, And also, I'd like to see you in a tuxedo with tails one day. That's me. That's who I am. (laughs) I just keep thinking of that Seinfeld episode where the guy insisted everybody call him the maestro. (laughs) James, what do you think uh, about the pizza scene in Las Vegas right now? I think it's the best it's ever been. And I think it has the most wonderful community here in Las Vegas that, you know, we don't, we give, thank God John's here because he does give a lot of credit to people. And uh, I mean, we have everybody from across the spectrum we're doing five six seven different kinds of pizza in the city and i mean it's not you know it's not the goat it's not tony gemignani no no one's like saying pizza rock is the best right because all these guys do such great styles like your sicilian is just out of control like Vinny's uh brooklyn slice is just ridiculous i mean you know everybody's just killing it you know I, i think you know Everyone, even, I mean, Robbie doing Detroit, 
you know, out of a out of a out of a little bar that never closes. I mean, Justin Ford is you know slinging those Neapolitans. Unbelievable. He kid the kids the kids out out of control. I mean, like you know these guys are just and getting better by leaps and bounds. All of them are getting so yeah. much better. So before we move on, you just name checked a lot of people. Why yeah. don't you tell everyone where they can find those? If Okay. People who don't know yeah. Vinny, so, right? Vinny, Vinny is over at uh, Good Pie, you know? He's on Main Street. He's my neighbor. He's my brother. I love him to death. You know, you got, uh, you know, Papa Pizza. You know, th- those guys. I mean, here's the thing. is he's, He does four different styles, and I think his New York round is great. I think Mimo's doing an amazing New York round that's, like, straight up, like. Talking about Pizza Forte. Yeah, Pizza Forte. I mean, like, you know, John Sicilian and Chris is the Chris is taking it to the next level with at the seasonality. Pizza, just so people both, know yeah, both at Metro. Stuff. I mean, like. Mike's at the plaza with Papa. Mike's at the plaza. Yeah, Mike <laughs> Vecnine's over there. And then, like, you know, Robbie uh, is at the hard hat. You know, if you want some Detroit, he's got Detroit. I mean, that's, that's an crazy. awesome dive bar, right? By the way, like exactly. you do not go there like for pizzeria experience. You go there for a dive bar experience. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. Pizza. And that's it's just, Gorilla Pizza. It's Gorilla Pizza. And then you got Justin Ford, who's working with the guys from Yukon, from Yukon. And they're doing like wood fired pies out of like Vegas test kitchen. I mean, like this is like across the city. I mean, hey, you got Mark Marone's doing like a hybrid. What, what would we even call that? Hybrid focaccia style. That's fucking yeah. out of control. Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. And Jason also, Jason, uh, we, by the way, is an expert pizza journalist. He's written a lot and done TV shows and all this stuff about pizza. You do know this topic. Well, all three of you guys much better than I do. Um, so let me ask you this. Is the reason that we have so many different great styles in Las Vegas, is that because we're kind of an expatriate city where people come from other towns? Or is it just because we watch so much damn TV, food TV, that people are open to more things? I think it's a, it's a combination of the fact that we have people from all over the world that come here with their own pizza styles. And that's also the, the flip side of that is why we're not recognized as a great pizza city amongst the people that live here because they have this home team affection <laughs> that they yeah. never let go of. <laughs> if I have to tell you, the next person who walks into like Esther's is like, hey, this isn't New York pizza. I'm like literally going to go over to Vinny, get him to warm up a slice. I'm going to bring it to him on a paper plate and be like, here, that's 14 bucks. Enjoy the restaurant. <laughs> well, you know, like, look, there's that problem when you're in an expat, a city full of expatriates. Everybody thinks, I think pizza is like this. I think barbecue is like this. There are a couple of cuisines that are like this, that if it's not like what you had growing up at home, you think it's not legit or it's not authentic, which is just bullshit because America is a big country and we have a lot of different styles and a lot of different traditions in that. Chris and Mike. Uh, from Naked City Pizza do the Buffalo style. I didn't even know that was a style. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, like, it's, but it's a real thing. Well, right. and let, you know, let's face it also, it's, you know, it's especially true, and I can say this because I'm from Brooklyn. The New Yorkers in particular, must, they must swear an, a loyalty oath before they leave New York <laughs> that they're not going to admit that they like anything that's not from New York or in New York when they, come, when they move away from this. From it's the harder to leave the mafia than it is to... Um, yeah. <laughs> to Any pizza to not named Ray's is shit. Well, look, the <laughs> truth is, but the truth is the pizza has gotten much better out here. And John, yep. the Sicilian that we all love and that we're we are eating right now it's sitting right there light as air sicilian yeah and it, ha- it has its deserved reputation in the pizza community throughout the world but it took you a long time to develop that correct right but when i make that pizza in new york at the at the, the pizza <laughs> festival we're the first ones to sell out we have the longest lines people go <laughs> the new yorkers go crazy for it and then they think that i that i made my dough in new york which i don't i bring it I bring it with me from here to, 
to New York. You don't right. need that New York water. Can we address no, that Lake myth? Tap. It's not that water. <laughs> well, let's talk. It's the I water. Want, talking about dough, James, your pizza at Esther's has transformed over the years, and you're getting this really thick, beautiful crunch on your crust yep. right now, and you still have the soft middle. It's this interesting, like, really kind of California-style pizza, but not in the way that people recognize it. Tell me about it's the, uh, your pie. Our, our pies, like, so the ones at Esther's, what we're doing is we're doing uh, American artisan style, right? And it's a sourdough base. So along with everything else, we're fighting a lot more climate and doing everything else, trying to keep up a starter, making sure that we're using, we use a combination of starter biga, which is old dough, and um, and the sourdough levan. Uh, so we're, we're putting a lot of love and kind of, you know, time into this dough. Um, it, it's not something that we can do in 20 minutes. So if we run out of pizza dough, we're out of pizza dough. Oh, well, you know, order something else, you know, because we're not a pizzeria and Esther's doesn't ever claim to be pizzeria. Like we don't want to be known as a pizzeria. We, do we make seasonal like pies? Yeah, we do. We have right now we have one with like duck confit or sorry, we have one with peaches and prosciutto and a peach panna and arugula and crispy fried prosciutto on top. I mean, like it's, yeah. it's out of control, but our pizza is a vehicle for ingredients. That's what we use it for. It's the bread is like it's a it's an element that becomes something that you eat throughout the meal almost um and, and we love that that's just the way we designed the pizza to be and that's different than everyone else at Osolito, we do a modified chicago dough mm-hmm. a chicago tavern dough which is super thin super crunchy no corchone no no edge at all like toppings all the way to the edge and we cut it into squares that's a, a totally different style. Um, both of those I felt like were underrepresented in the city when we started because no one was really doing uh, American artisan and no one was really doing like a Chicago kind of like vibe. Like a bar, like a town yeah. pizza. Yeah, I b- actually started, I asked you for the recipe and we, we started with your recipe and just started modifying. Which is exactly crazy. what should happen. It yeah. should happen to every pizza. I hate, I hate this idea of New York pizza, Chicago pizza, Boston yeah. pizza. Chef James's pizza, my pizza, Chris Decker's pizza. That's what it should be. Ultimately, your food should honor the past, but also also be an expression of who you are and who you are at that given moment. So you said your pizza evolved, your pizza changed over time. It should. You know, you want to keep singing the same song over and over again the same exact way? Yep. You're not the same person that you were five years ago or six months ago. We just changed our spaghetti and meatballs after four years. I think about that, like taking the highest selling dish that you have and just changing it. Absolutely. Why not? You have to, you have to think that you can be doing it better four years later. You know how it is. Like in the pizza game, the old school pizza guys, they got the bucket from their uncle and it had this much water, this much flour and this much this, you know, and you put that in the pot, you mix it up. That's your dough. Now we're talking about pHs, water temperature, filtration methods, different flour with different protein contents. We're talking about different levels of starter, different times of fermentation. We're talking about cold fermentation, room temperature fermentation. We're talking about all these different things. We're talking about using starters from 400, 600, 800 years ago. And and we're thinking about this in a way a craftsman thinks about everything. And here's the thing is every single great pizzaiolo in the, the world thinks about all of these things yeah. john why have pizzaiolos 
earned or garnered more respect in the last few years than, let's say, in the past 15? Is it social media? Is it it's Instagram? I think social media played a big part in it for the good and the bad. You know, social media also convinced a lot of people that maybe were more dedicated to social media than they were to craft, that they were, that they were great. You know, and uh, there's a difference between the potential for greatness and actual greatness. You know, a caterpillar shouldn't call itself a butterfly until it sprouts wings and starts to fly. And this, my friends, is why I've long called him the Yoda of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I call James the Darth Vader of Italian food, but that's for totally <laughs> <laughs> That's all other thing. He's, I've just seen him in costume. He looks good all in black. So um, tell us, John, about Pizza Expo. Why is this such an important event to Las Vegas? And how does Las Vegas represent itself at this? Pizza Expo has been coming to Las Vegas for 36 years, I think. And um, it's sort of a gathering of the tribes. It's much more than a trade show. It's also about, there's, there's more excitement at Pizza Expo going on in the aisles than there are at the booths. Because there's a camaraderie that's completely different. I'm sure Chef James has been to many trade shows, restaurant shows. The camaraderie that exists in the pizza community is completely different than anything that's in any other, any other segment of the food industry. Because there's a real sharing, real, real uh, fellowship. And it's, it's really increased over the years and it's become worldwide and i think the rest of the, the rest of the world including the italians have kind of picked up on that and uh become more open to new ideas more open to sharing it's a really great communal experience and it's furthered the industry and that's been a big part of why people have gotten so much better you know when everybody had their own secret recipe in new york and they wouldn't share it with anybody and they didn't they didn't know that the see their secret recipe was exactly the same as everybody else's the uh the craft was stagnant and the last 15, 20 years when Tony Gemignani started to really expand the horizons and uh, go for, transition from being a, a showman to more of a, a culinary force, it changed the face of pizza and people started to explore the possibilities and share, share the information recognizing that, that was not, it was not going to be a threat. If, you know, if Chef James is making fantastic pizza, how does that hurt me? If people experience great pizza and enjoy it, how, does that, you know, how is that bad for anybody? No, I mean, like, if you look at, just look, look at Vinny at, at, uh, at Good Pie. He's on Main Street. He's around the corner from me. Do I worry about him hurting my lunch business? No, not at all. In fact, when we fill up, the first place I'm sending people is straight to Good Pie. <laughs> like, that's, just, that's, the, that's the neighborhood. I mean. And it's, like you said, this uh, environment that the Pizzaiolo community has cultivated out here, the support, I think, has really elevated the scene. And you two guys... Uh, have to be credited because when I talk to you guys about your pizza or about your food, you're always giving credit to the cooks and the chefs that you work with. Whereas there are certain big time superstar chefs who need their name on everything and it has to be them, even though it's a team effort to get there right all the time. And I think what you guys are doing are elevating generations of pizza makers, of cooks, and the whole food scene is going to benefit from it. We worked in Las Vegas. I worked in Las Vegas where uh, it, the name on the door mattered more than the chef on the pass. And I think we can, I think we can have both, but I think we also need to recognize that, you know, Chef Steve Lee runs Esther's Kitchen, you know? He's been with me for three years. Guy's awesome. I love him to death. Pedro, Pedro, you know, Aaron, Dylan, my, my, my special project chef. Those are the guys who make it happen. At chef Jackson Stamper, you know, who started with me at Esther's is now my chef at Ada's. You know, you have uh, Chef Steve Young, 
who was over at the Westgate, huge fan, I know. Um, and at the same time, he's now at Al Salido, and now he's starting to put his food on the menu. I'm not taking credit for that. I'm giving props for that. Like, I think we should build these restaurants because the Lord knows that. I'm, I, I, I'm not one of those chefs who wants to, you know, who wants to be afraid that people are going to see me out on a Friday night having dinner. You know, if right. I'm having, I mean, people, I had one of my regulars say, man, I see you out at other restaurants, you know, more than I see you in your own. And I looked at him and I was like, that's awesome. That means you're out supporting the community the same way I am. But I know you love Esther's and I know you're going to go there and it's going to be awesome. And it speaks to the quality of your team and John, your team, yeah. you have a coaching tree, Bill Parcells, like uh, <laughs> amount of legends that, uh, not, I don't want to call them maestros, but I'm going to call them pizzaiolo, quality pizzaiolo coming through. Every Metro so. pizza worth a visit. Everyone in this yep. town, well you know, worth that, a visit. You know, that legacy is, is really the most important thing that we can leave to people. The fact that people, that you're not threatened by the fact that somebody might come in and say, wow, Dylan's amazing. You're damn right he is. Cool. <laughs> so we are, we are way over time here. We are going to cut out of here. Thanks so much to the Yoda of Pizza, John Arena from Metro Pizza, James Trees, who you can find all over town. I still think you want to go down to the Arts District and get into Esther's Kitchen. Should be your first choice if you only have Thank one, you. but explore all of his restaurants. We will I be back. It's time for us to eat some more pizza. This is Food and Loathing. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Food and Loathing, and we are all still here, at least me, Al Mancini, I'm here, Jason Harris is here, and Rich Johnson is here. It's amazing that we're all here, because this may be our weirdly constructed episode so far. Give us time, we'll get weirder. Our weirdly um, constructed, or our most weirdly, Al? Or more weirdly. Weirdly. Wildly, wildly yes, weirdly I, constructed? We'll, we'll call yeah. Mr. Language Person and get a ruling on that. I haven't even eaten any edibles yet, but you're already confusing <laughs> me. Um, anyway. Anyway, it's been a strange episode. We recorded the opening at Good Pie on the Monday night of this week. The interview with John Arena and James Trees was recorded nearly two months ago. And now the back of the show, remotely from our homes, after Jason and I have attended the International Pizza Expo. But that's because we wanted to be able to give you as much pizza as we could this week. And I think we we ate as much as we could. Jason, are you filled up on pizza yet? Uh, I am full, Al, but guess what? I can always eat more pizza. We had so much fun this week. We talked to so many people. Honestly, it's too much for one episode. So after after you listen to this, guess what? We have a bonus episode for you. Head back to your podcast player. Download episode 10. It's the bonus edition, Stuffed Crust, baby. Uh, we have more interviews from the Slice Out Hunger fundraiser at Good Pie. 
And, you know, pizza leftovers are always amazing. So I want to call oh, that yeah. the leftovers-ish <laughs> episode. Hey, do you, like your, do you like your leftovers pizza cold or hot? Um, I don't like it microwaved. I won't do that anymore. I wouldn't mind if I could, if I have the time and patience to throw it under the broiler and not burn it to a crisp, I will. But most of the time I will screw that up. So rather than do that, I just eat it cold out of the fridge. When we uh, recorded the episode with John and James, I took a big ass monster combo home, had it for a couple of days, head cold, did the microwave, also did the, did everything. and even put a couple in the freezer and had them later. And they were all just wonderful al doesn't that sound like a good advertisement need to get rid of your head cold have richie white bread's big ass monster combo <laughs> god <laughs> get your combo right annoyed. here <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we, we both spent some time at the expo uh, i just got back actually saw some people competing i saw a guy making some french toast crust pizza with Whoa. peaches and candied bacon on it I watched one of the dough stretching competitions. Um, meanwhile, I love the Pizza Expo because you go and you watch the dough stretching competition. And in the meantime, there are other pizza twirlers warming up in the audience. And I, I, I just posted some video on the um, Instagram of some guy who was just kind of sitting in his seat, spinning two pizza doughs, one in each hand, just kind of warming up, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that you see. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. that's part of the fun. It's all pizza all the time. Go check it yeah. out on our Instagram. I felt like this year it, it was a lot of fun being there, but it was less of a party, a little less social, a bit more on the business side. I, I blame, you know, chalk that all up to COVID people getting back to normal. Um, but I think a lot of people that don't go to trade shows all the time don't realize what kind of weird things or what a wide variety of things that affect the industry are available. So, you know, you figure pizza. Yeah, there's going to be a guy selling pepperoni and a guy selling flour, right? Like, like what else is there going to be? But there was actually a lot going on. So I, I walked around to the little, um I don't want to call it man on the street, but man in the hall and put together this little montage of what was being offered at the expos. Granberry Solutions, we're out of uh, Grapevine, Texas. Uh, this is the Thrive POS, the point of sale system and online ordering system. Churchill Container, we do a sustainable, recyclable uh, souvenir cups and buckets. Here we are demonstrating two machines. One would be a cheese shredder. And then we also have um, what we call a VMAG Robot 500 with a cutoff and a rounder. So basically you take your mixed dough, you put it into uh, the machine, it'll portion out a nice round dough ball. So we solved the problem of wobbly table bases. A problem that's been around for centuries and centuries is now solved. The company's Bizarba, a German company, family-owned business since about 1840. And uh, we're known in the States for our slicers and retail scales. Gerard's dressings. Uh, we have a whole new plant-based lineup as well as dipping sauces and some signature uh, mustards like uh, Cuban mustard, craft beer mustard, uh, Carolina barbecue. We're showing a variety of thaw and serve breads, anywhere from pretzel to rustic loaves to breadsticks and several rolls and pizza carriers. Bellissimo Foods Gelato. Um, on samples, we have our pistachio, Chicago pothole, as well as a lemon sorbetto. We have some different kinds of cheeses. We have our pretzels and our salami whips, along with our tart shells and chocolates and tomatoes. For a corporation, we are a manufacturer of fully cooked meat toppings, and we also have um, a line of plant-based um, products as well that um, have no allergens and primarily made with a pea protein. Um, today we're sampling a pizza with our Italian 
style plant-based crumbles as well as our pepperoni style plant-based crumbles. And we're also doing a really yummy pizza with our sliced pork and beef pepperoni, um, ricotta, hot honey, and mozzarella. So there you go, Jason. I mean, the, everything from point of sales to, um, to, to dough cutting machines, a little bit of everything on display at the Pizza Expo. Trend that I saw a lot of this year, and there was a bit of it in that montage there, is um, a lot of dietary restriction stuff. You have a lot of vegan options that I noticed around, a lot of non-dairy kind of cheeses, things like that. And, um, and then, of course, the California cheese people with their big sign trying to make sure you come back to regular cheese. So what would you generally see? Jason. Well, I want to say, Al, first of all, you did a great job there, man. You got a real cross-section of what was going on. Um, I noticed that too, plant-based, 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 right? Um, and that's going to be interesting because we always think of dairy with pizza and the argument is, has there been a good vegan cheese yet? I don't know. We'll see what happens. I did see some uh, great demonstrations of how to make a Roman pizza, you know, and there's in the competitions, there's the traditional pizza, there's the pan pizza. There's all these cool things. One thing I also noticed, Al, from your montage, did the guy call lemon sorbetto Chicago pothole? Is that what he called it? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, their version of Rocky Road of that gelato. Their, their, their spin on Rocky Road gelato yeah. was called Chicago pothole. But good for you noticing that, man. I'm glad you pay attention. You get a Chicago pothole for free if you get a Richie Wonder Bread Monster Yay. Combo. That's right. Say. Put your broomsticks out on two chairs to reserve your sparking spot up there in the north side. You know, I, you know, it was, cubs. I, it was I funny to me to hear them all talking about going plant-based because, you know, I'm old enough to remember before we said plant-based and before we even said vegan and we just talked about going vegetarian back in the 80s and really just all the rock bands I knew went vegetarian because their model girlfriends were vegetarian. <laughs> but there was the rule was that you could be vegetarian, but it didn't apply to pizza toppings back in the old <laughs> days. So, um, but I guess that that is no longer the rule. There's a lot of vegan um vegan phony pizza toppings now I mean, I, you know they're good gonna, for them they're gonna get it great sooner or later and i'm excited for that and some people think it already is great i watched a lot of the competition that's always fun to me and um al today i went up to unique eats where chef dominic tedesco uh competed yesterday in the international pizza expo today he's back at his restaurant unique eats and he was in the traditional pizza uh, competition and he did pretty great. Check it out. Oh, it was awesome. Great competitors, great fun from around the world and around the country. Uh, finished in the top five. So, hey, it's, uh, it's a great thing. You know, it's, uh, it's a great event, just a uh, good experience. And how many competitors were you against? And how many competitors? And tell us about the pizza you made. Uh, there was uh, 90 to 100 competitors exactly. I don't know the exact note, uh, but uh, close to that. And um, I did a traditional pizza, just traditional dough, great red sauce, tomato sauce, a blend of cheeses. I used mozzarella prove and some, uh, some sharp, rich Parmesan. And uh, I did roasted peppers and a Marsala wine. And I make my own Italian sausage, so it's unique in itself. So that's, uh, that's what the pizza was all about. Excellent. And we're here at Unique Eats, uh, recently opened. Uh, do you want to tell us about your eatery at all? Oh, absolutely. It's a great place. It's breakfast and lunch, but we do have a unique menu, a collection of foods from around the world uh, in different types of food. I don't eat the same thing every day. I don't want you to eat the same thing every day. So come by, have fun, relax. It's a great place to come and just enjoy your family and friends and food. Got to enjoy the food.
So congrats to Chef Dominic. Um, Unique Eats was pretty good, Al. We got to get over there and try some more stuff. I'm excited for his brunch because he's from, as I say, Louisville, but as he corrects me, Louisville. And uh, he's going to be making hot browns at lunch, which I don't think we have in Las Vegas anywhere. I'm not sure. I thought, um, didn't Josh used to do one over at Goodwitch? I'm not 100% sure, but I think he may have. Okay, but right now we don't have any hot browns at brunch anywhere else. So. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Um, what, what's a hot brown? It's a classic Louisville style dish. Uh, you know, it's got this and it's got that and you mix <laughs> no, it in I and it goes because of you. I asked. <laughs> you don't know, do you? I, no, I have no you idea. Know, potato sauce. Well, you know, I know. You know. You know. <laughs> it sounds oh, like man. family it's a, meal. First of all, it's a sandwich. Basement. It's a sandwich. That's oh, why I was saying oh. it was over at Goodwitch. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's an American hot sandwich. Uh, you know, basically, I, I don't know what goes into it, to be completely honest. <laughs> that sounds I very American. You know, it's all t- turkey. Know, I know there's turkey in there. There's yeah. bacon. There's, it's, it's messy. It's got a sauce on it. But you know what? I do appreciate that you just called us out for not even knowing about the food we were talking about. <laughs> It's got turkey, bacon, and Mornay sauce. And Somebody just went to Google. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, that makes no sense. All right. Now we um, want to up the ante and say, what's a Mornay sauce? Well, that's um, a cheese-based sauce. We know that. And, you know, it's very thick and rich. And, you know, there, there you go. What else do you want? I, I know oh. now. See, I've been educated by listening to the show, even as I record this show. I love that we try to get Jason. You know, I, I, I've been pissed at you at this in the past. Now I'm pissed at Rich. You guys, why are we hitting each other with gotcha questions on our? That's not show? a gotcha question. That was a, a dumb guy question. <laughs> more, Me being the dumb guy. Mornay, you take the cheese and it's already <laughs> melted, and then you add in more shredded cheese, and it's just an artery clogging yeah. sauce cheddar base but you can use a bunch of different stuff oh, people like Gruyere and I, everything i do that and put it on my broccoli yeah, yeah it's wonderful tillamook extra sharp wow so that was a lot about a sandwich that nobody's making right now i'm <laughs> glad right. we spent a lot of time on that but we did expose all of our ignorance on certain aspects of american and oh, French it's like an cuisine. open-faced sandwich come yeah, on okay thank you i mean See? yeah if you now t- I know. the, the our, our friends at home have already taken the time to google it they know better than we do at this point so <laughs> Oh, Robert. God. Um, Richmond, where have you been this you week? You know, we devote the bulk of the show to dining out, but my best night of the past week was in. I dropped uh, a Franklin at Featherblade, the uh, the British uh, butcher shop over in Charleston. Four and a half pounds of prime bone-in rib roast. You let it get to room temp, uh, salt rub over three hours. I put it on the rotisserie, salt and pepper. I did it lengthwise with the bone because otherwise it, it wouldn't fit. And oh my God, it was mighty fine. Yeah, it was $100. That's a lot to pay for a big hunk of cow, but it got the great dinner with the mashed potatoes and the green beans and at least two days of leftover. And I have about an inch left that I wrapped up and I put in the uh, the freezer and in the next week or two, I will take it out and shave it. I'll get a nice big uh, hoagie roll. I will get some uh, bouillon. I will throw a bunch of Italian seasoning there and I'll make sort of an ersatz Chicago style Italian beef. Well, that's what a, is the, what is a prime bro, bone in rib roast, Rich? Well, Which know, part prime, of the cow does that come from? The, the, <laughs> I'm just trying to be a dick. Hey, uh, You're succeeding wildly, too. Can I, can I uh, offer thanks, a suggestion? I Since you got these yeah. leftovers, uh, yeah. maybe make a play on a hot brown. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> send me yeah. the recipe. Doesn't it? Have but prime bone and rib roast in it, but that's okay. Yeah. Anything is anything. Let's know what the hell it is. I want potatoes and cheese brown. on mine. I want yeah. potatoes and cheese on mine. 
this segment is turning into a hot brown. Never mind. <laughs> Mets, yeah. <laughs> I think you, you need relief, Al, and then you've got um, something there. Getting back to edible schmedible, <laughs> my personal favorite part of the show where we review um, for the taste aspect, THC, cannabis, CBD, um, edibles and drinkables. This week, I've got to tell you guys, we've talked a lot in the past about how the um, the local dispensaries, they kind of feel like an Apple store or maybe a high end, the, the waiting room of a high end um, plastic surgeon or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of them, they're, they're very clean, very cool, very hip, very professional. Um, I went into Exhale this week with a friend. And now it was all of those, but it was more trippy, man. I mean, a, a, a white rabbit mural on the wall. This place is like definitely party central. It's got a cool vibe. I feel like there should be a DJ in there. It's right across from the Palms. Uh, but a friend of mine brought me in. He's an old PR guy that I've known for years, but he's involved with the company over there now. And he's like, "How oh, you got to come in. We have a rotating selection of about 200 kinds of edibles. And it's, it's you know, stuff you're not going to find it anywhere. So, and by the way, they're not a sponsor, but I'm just plugging them anyway, because I had a great time when we were there. Um, so I picked up this stuff. Hervé is the brand. I mean, that's just snooty sounding right there. And I got a box of three macarons. Um, macarons, I guess, would be the way that you would say it. And by the way, that's different than macaroons, which are an American candy with a lot of coconut and shit in them. Macarons, of course, being the French um, pastry. And here's the deal. Last week, we talked about something that had 100 milligrams in a tiny little one-shot bottle. I thought that was really dangerous as far as dosing, unless you were an expert. A lot of our regular listeners came back and said, well, I'm just happy we have some regular listeners, came <laughs> back and said, you know, screw you, Al. I'd like to have 50 milligrams at a time. I'm like, okay, man, no, no disrespect. That's all cool. Do that. Um, these are the exact opposite. These are very pricey for the um, the amount of THC you're getting in them. I bought a, a box of three of them. They're gorgeous. They're the most beautiful um, cannabis edibles I've ever seen in my life. Uh, there are pictures already up on the social medias, uh, but three of them cost me $22.89, right? And they have 10 milligrams oh, wow. each. So, you know, that's really pricey. By way of a comparison, I saw some cereal bars there that have 100 milligrams total in them. And they, they were like $13.75 or somewhere in that price range. So this is more money for um, less than a third of the THC. These are things that I would put out at a party, though. Like, you know, if you really wanted to have a high end people that don't need a giant dose, you want to, you know, 10 milligrams is still a, a heavy dose. You could split it. They're, they're, sm they're large enough that you could take a bite and get a third of it if you wanted a smaller dose. They're small enough that you could pop a whole one in your mouth, get the full 10 grams. They are pricey. They are gorgeous to look at. I'm about to take a taste. I'm looking at the Celtic Karma one right now. Let's hear if we can get the crunch. Mm, yum. Those are very those are very pretty. Obviously, Rich and I are only seeing them over the uh, intranets, but those do look lovely. I like the little gold leaf on top of this aqua colored macaron yeah. uh looks yeah. very nice now and i think taste. it's a really really tasty dish um you know these macarons aren't my favorite dessert ever um, my, my wife really doesn't like them at all but i think that this hey look if somebody brought this out to me at a fine dining french restaurant and gave it to me i might i i don't think that i would ever say wow this must be cannabis infused um <laughs> if you really think about it you know you, you could probably taste a little bit of the weed on it but um I think it's a nice balance. It's not overly sweet in an attempt to cover up that cannabis taste. Um, and yet the cannabis taste isn't super yeah. cannabis forward. And, so and I, yet, I think it's a solid dessert. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, and mac but macarons by nature are very, very sweet. I mean, that that filling is always sugar fondant kind of thing. And and it's almond flour that makes the uh, the, the cookie. 
Mm. Yeah. And I think you taste more of the almond probably than you do of the um, of the weed, which is solid. And I don't know whether the weeds in the filling or whether it's in the cookie or whatever, but God bless them to whoever made it. This is a pricey way to get high. I would not suggest this if you're look, if you're in it to win it and just trying to consume as much THC as possible. This isn't the way to go. But um, hey, if you want to have a classy party and give your friends nice little doses of THC, as long as you warn them in advance and everybody's a consenting adult and isn't driving home, go for it. I have uh, two questions for you, Al. One, yes. does Exhale have a full cafe? I mean, right now, nobody has a full cafe. We're just trying to get the cannabis lounge rules into effect. So this is the place that, that they had the, the patisserie there for like an hour and a half right. next door. Right? No, no, yes. no, no. Wrong, 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 oh, wrong, wrong, wrong. Place? It's next door to them. Yes. It yeah, is yeah. Oh, no, it's not them, but it was, it was, I remember that was when that the, place no, no, opened, no, it was no, supposed to be. You're thinking of the apothecary shop. And right. that was uh, that was adjacent to a bakery. Yes. I believe the apothecary shop has changed its name to something else. I may or may not be correct on that one. This is a separate business. Right. Um, yeah. Just a couple doors down on the other side of the Sonic. I believe that, that bakery okay. was very good, but it lasted like a week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Al, now you can when someone asks, have you ever had a macaron on weed, man? You can answer that you have yeah. on weed and in weed. Yes. Okay. Well, we're <laughs> now that that went on longer than I was expecting. What else do we need to talk about before we get the hell out of here? I think it's time to get the hell out of here. All right. Okay. Well, then I am going to say thank you to all of our guests for this episode. Uh, John Arena and, of course, James Trees and everyone that we talked to at Pizza Expo. And we have more Pizza Talk. Download our bonus episode including all the conversations we had at Good Pie at the Slice Out Hunger event. It's right there at the same place you got uh, this episode. Yeah, and we're going to be talking to Nicole Bean and Laura Meyer of the um, Women in Pizza, Women of Pizza Movement. We've got Scott Wiener, um, you know, nas nationally renowned pizza expert. We have um, Ismael Ismaeli Romano, right, Jason? Am I mispronouncing his Pretty name? Pretty close. Ismaeli Romano uh, is how I say it, but he'd probably correct me too. And he's got a lot of news on his uh, new Facacharia coming into Ellis Island, which I'm very excited about, Al. We will hear that in the bonus episode. Also, our good friend Leanne Nota Bartolo is going to be on there chatting just about um, the downtown neighborhood and her love of pizza. She was at the party, and we always love to chat with her. What uh, 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 why good for spooning podcast? I <laughs> just get the name. Oh, of I think that's the macaron talking there, Al. Of course, wow. Vincent Rotolo is uh, you can hear him whether he's being interviewed or not. He's the mayor of the pizza parties. <laughs> um, so uh, hopefully he's listening to Food and Loathing and he's going to tell a friend about it. And hopefully you'll tell a friend about it if you uh, subscribe to us. On Apple, please leave us a five-star rating. We would love that. You can subscribe to us there or any podcast platform. And you can reach us directly by email, info at foodandloathing.vegas. On social media, search Facebook for Food and Loathing. On Twitter, we're at Food Loathing. And on Instagram, find our very nice photos, a.k.a. most of Al's photos, at Food and Loathing Pod. Don't forget, I have another podcast called Awesome Movie Year. If you're into movies, check it out. And if you like what you heard, we're going to be back again after that bonus episode next week with a brand new episode. It's going to be Beer O'Clock as we visit Craft House in Henderson and talk to you about some upcoming beer festivals. So if you like the beer as opposed to this um, cannabis stuff, you're going to want to tune in next week. With Jason Harris and producer Rich Johnson, I'm Al Mancini. Stay hungry.